0: Welcome to Unbox Innovation. I'm your host, Amy Shawdrop. Joining us today is Nick Gearing, Training and Educational Development Specialist with EOS Education Team at Boxlight.
1: Welcome, Nick. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Today we're going to talk about reframing and focusing technology Mm. for classroom instruction. This is a huge, huge deal in schools nationwide. Do most school districts across the country have cell phone and technology rules in place, or are we still talking about the wild, wild west?
1: Uh, kind of a mix of, of both really i there are some really fabulous leaders out there that are um, really trying to kind of set the the stage for for other schools and districts in terms of uh, their policies um, and then there are other places uh where you are seeing it happen more at the uh, the classroom level um, which is a, a huge difference in terms of the success of uh implementation or of a policy you know if if we're kind of all on the same page with one another, uh, we're more likely to be successful. So uh, unfortunately there are still a number of schools out there that are are kind of fending for themselves at, at this current time.
0: That's surprising to me because smart t- phone technology has been around <laughs> for years now and people have bring your own devices that they bring to school and they're using their iPads and laptops are being given to students in high school. So that's kind of surprising.
1: Uh, It it is really surprising. I think that there's kind of two camps when it really comes to uh, integration of technology. I think that there are some um, that are really intentional and very uh, strategic and very cautious and careful. And I think that there are are others that have a a more mindset of um, it's here. It's what's in the hands of our students already um, let's just figure it out and, and make it work I remember when I first started teaching I was actually uh, you know empowered uh, to to really try new technology with my students and in my classroom um, but when I moved to a different campus it became much more um, strict in terms of what we were able to do and and, and what type. Uh, what types of technology we were able to to implement, and what our processes were uh, for requesting new technology. Um, so, it, it just in my own personal experience, I've already seen um, kind of both ends of that spectrum. So, there really is a, a a pressing need for us to to kind of get on board with um, some policy that we can all kind of agree on, and then allow for that that differentiation on. Uh, you know, in the different areas of our country for for what they're using and and what what their systems look like.
0: How can teachers strike a balance between embracing technology, Uh, allowing it in their classroom and then ensuring that they still have control over their classroom with participation and behavior issues and equity issues as well?
1: Uh, It really is a lot that we ask of teachers, and technology use in the classroom is no different. It is another one of those areas that teachers are really having to navigate uh, almost a tightrope walk between those two things. On one hand, you've got technology is a great tool to engage students. And when you engage students in meaningful ways, um, your behavior and your management uh, tends to be a little bit easier. Uh, And so you run into fewer of those issues. But at the same point, if you are not really careful and consistent with the way that you are implementing and utilizing technology in the classroom, you you actually tend to exacerbate those problems, right? Um, you might allow for those opportunities for students to disengage. So teachers really have a, a tricky tightrope to walk. Um, I really, my personal belief is, I always was in a very high tech classroom as much tech as we could have in the kids hands that was really what our goal was um as long as we were keeping kids safe um that exposure to new tools and and new ways of of uh, accomplishing tasks was really important to us
0: When you worked in the classroom, did you use technology that was available to all of the students? Because there are the equity issues, too, of poor schools that don't have kids coming to school with smartphones and laptops and other technologies.
1: Oh, man, that is so true. And it became even more prevalent um, as we went through the pandemic because we really did start to see very clearly um, those gaps those inequities uh, across the board Um, when i was in the classroom it was always about focusing on making sure that all couldn't all students could um, or all students wouldn't Um, i didn't ever create opportunities where kids were not able to access things Um, when students uh, would present challenges that they were facing in terms of um, accessing technology uh, Primarily when they had to access technology at home. Um, We were able to strategize with those students in order to um, get them technology. Uh, I know that the, you know, a lot of schools and districts are really trying to supplement in a number of ways, um, but they found other issues of equity with that, right? So then, you know, well, you gave this student a laptop, but my student didn't get a laptop. Why is that? Um, So there has been a lot of those discussions that really um, kind of came to a head during the pandemic. We understand now that the internet is a necessity, you know, in the world. We can't really avoid tech in in a lot of ways to apply for jobs, to apply for a lot of things. You need to be able to access technology. You need to have... Um, quality wi-fi connection in order to be able to do that work but it it really for me personally when i was in the classroom was about making sure that everybody had access um, to the technology and that we weren't using technology just for the sake of it um you know there's a what's called the samr model the samr model um, which is a great model for determining how and why we're using technology with our students in order to make sure that we don't use it just for the sake of using it but we're meaningfully engaging our students with technology um, so that the technology uh, Uh, improves the quality of the educational experience um, rather than taking over.
0: What are specific software tools that you believe can enhance the learning experience? Because I'm sure all kids in the classroom want to be on TikTok and Snapchat (sighs) all day long, but certainly that's not going to uh, further their education.
1: Um, yes and no, I will, I will advocate and maybe some of my, my former students will, I'll get some, some extra points with a few of them and (laughs) hopefully, um, (laughs) but, but there's a lot of really great learning that is taking place in places like TikTok. You know, when I first, uh, started teaching and joined the classroom, it was really the, 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 Early stages of YouTube, and I remember everybody being like, "Oh, YouTube! What are you know? People are just going to watch themselves be silly, and they're never going to get anything." And YouTube, over the the years, really developed into this immensely powerful educational tool, as well as all of the other things that that you know we had concerns about. But it really did uh, focus. They really focused on providing those those opportunities. I think TikTok really has taken that a step further. Um, there is so much cool learning happening in that environment um, I can't speak highly enough for it um, that's not the it's only thing. <laughs> no and I, and I don't you know and they don't say that to argue I say that because no, I, I, don't. I, I, don't. I myself was kind of surprised at just how many things I had learned in that space that I didn't learn in school and that I you know I'd gotten through two degrees and 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 I just didn't know these things and the kids that just have access to it now in terms of other tools and and software that's out there. I mean obviously, you know Microsoft and Google are doing so much work in terms of accessibility and I think that that's primarily the most important thing for me uh, in terms of technology access and equity is is making sure that that everybody can use technology regardless of what um, conditions they're working under. You know, I work for for an ed tech company. So Boxlight itself is an educational technology company. And I know that every day my job is to come in and work really hard to make sure um, that those tools, the software, and the products that we provide are um, are really engaging students and teachers and that they are um, leading to outcomes and results that are um, meaningful and sustainable. Um, We've really focused a lot on STEM. So I'm going to mention our Mimeo STEM Kits program because our STEM program here, is is really top notch and, and the focus on STEM over the last 10 years has been enormous. And that's only going to increase because as technology continues to uh, improve and grow um, so too does the future change.
0: I know you embrace technology when you were in the classroom and there were so many teachers across the country who have done the same. What do you have to say to teachers who have been a bit hesitant or resistant toward integrating technology in their classrooms?
1: Um... I have a lot to say to them. Um, those are my favorite teachers. You know, in my background, I was not only a teacher, but I also worked as an instructional coach, and that um, is part of what my job here at Boxlight also is: is is coaching teachers and supporting teachers as they learn new s- skills, strategies, tools, um, technologies. Uh, th- the very first piece really is it is fair and valid to resist and feel hesitant. I think that the other part is, is that we already have committed to our students and we've committed that we are growing the future. That's our job as a teacher, right? We have committed that we are growing tomorrow and the kids that are gonna lead tomorrow. And in order to do that, we have to embrace to a certain degree, the technology that's around us. That technology becomes more and more prevalent each day. And the more we resist, the harder it is to overcome that struggle it's almost like we're contributing to the gap that that's that's Mm -hmm. between us Um, so it's really important to acknowledge why we have a gap um, but then quickly develop ways that we can overcome that struggle together. There's a lot of psychology that goes into what the work we do as educators. And so dealing with the psychology and the sociology of our job, um, both as the professionals before we have to put it in front of the students, right? I think that that's a really important element. I think the other part is meaningful professional training and development. And I know that professional development in a number of areas, you know, that terminology um, might be off-putting for people. So however we want to To phrase that, however we want to refer to that, I think it's really important that we're providing meaningful training opportunities for our educators so that they can dive in and and really develop comfort and proficiency with tools before they have to do it with students. There's a lot of things that contribute to not achieving successful outcomes, Um, so I think that building... Uh, structures and and scaffolding learning for teachers, just like we do for our students, is a really important part, too. But we have to embrace the development. We have to p- embrace the training and we have to embrace the uncomfortable.
0: Technology is changing so quickly and our kids are always 10 steps ahead of us. Um, so how can teachers keep up with the technology trends both in and out of the classroom?
1: Uh it's a tricky question because, as you know, we, we've discussed before, if you're in a, a school or in a district where your technology is very carefully regulated, um, you only have access to certain tools in your environment. Um, but oftentimes, in those environments, you have a very clear process for requesting use of new technology or exploration. A lot of districts have formed tech committees that include parents and teachers and students um, with the with the tech. No, the tech. Knowing people, you know, your IT department in schools, not just the educators, um, but the people that have to implement uh, the technical part of that as well, so that they are discussing the technology that's available. What's coming? What have we been using? What is, you know, the next thing that's intended to replace that? And what might a benefit of that be? So, a lot of schools and districts are creating um, committees or teams in order to um, allow. The stakeholders to really do some of that work um, and, and to have that narrative um, created, including all of those voices. Um, I think that that's a really powerful way to do that. I think that that also allows our students um, to see the partnership between all of the components I don't think kids see sometimes beyond the fact of what their classroom is right these are this is my teacher this is who implac- this is who impacts my learning. But there are all these other people that have such a huge impact on on that experience for students and I think this is another way for them really to see that the value of that. Um, but I also think that parents get a, a great benefit from that too. Parents being able to be involved in programs like that become more knowledgeable of those things. So you said kids are, are light years ahead of us all the time when it comes to these things. It would be really cool if we could continue to embrace ways that allow our students to uh, introduce us to technology to teach us about those things. Um, so I think that the inclusion of students in in those committees or those groups uh, is is really the the key component of that.
0: you you uh, talked about the parental component of things and I know how I felt when my kids were in middle school and they started saying, well, you can bring your own device. And I said to myself, what? You know, and it and it took me a long time to be able to embrace that. So like you said, the parents really need to be educated on what's happening in the classroom and how all this technology can help their kids,
1: Um, I think. As much as you hear that there's there's that fear, that hesitancy of, of a teacher that might have with technology, I think that that's even more so for for parents. And I don't say that because parents are less knowledgeable or less trained. They just spend less of their time having to adapt to that type of learning. Um, whereas I think teachers, that's part of what we do day in and day out. And so I think that including parents in that component provides insight for them. I, I think it provides that practice space for them um and and parents that are able to come into these environments and learn and grow go tell other parents and those parents either get involved or they at least get that the benefit of that knowledge or the benefit of that experience i think it's really important that schools um look at ways that we can support parents in the ways that we're using technology how to use the technology what our intended outcomes are with the technology i think the more parents are able to understand that the easier it becomes to embrace whatever that policy is that's being implemented i think that if we help parents understand what technology is being used and how to be used they will support it at home from their side as well
0: what do you see the future of the classroom looking like in 10 years and what would you like it to look like in 10 years
1: oh man that's an exciting question um I think that there is a lot to be determined with how we are going to embrace and capitalize on AI and generative AI in the classroom. I really do think that the conversations and the policies that are gonna come out in the next couple of years regarding AI and the way that we utilize it as a society and therefore then inside the classroom is really gonna dictate some of that. Um, I think the pandemic gave us a good um, telescope into the future to a certain degree. Um, Not that distance learning is the future, but I think that different ways to involve technology to provide um, bridges across distances in time and in space are going to become even more essential. Um, I remember being a middle school kid when the internet started, that's how old I am. Um, And I remember the day that we connected with with a classroom in another country for the first time and it was really, really exciting. Um, That's the baseline expectation of small children now going into education so i think that what the internet did for for my generation of learners uh ai is is going to do tenfold for for this generation and what comes next um so i think that that's a really exciting challenge that we're facing i'm really hopeful that we are intentional and that we're inclusive and that we're collaborative with the way that that we handle this i hope that You know, our government's involvement really is more so to facilitate opportunities for different groups to be able to have their voices heard so that the outcomes that we reach really benefit students and really help to provide um, that Multiplier times ten instead of that divider times ten. You know, because I feel like anytime you implement a new tool, it can it can be like that bonus multiplier, and it can be the thing that makes you know um, uh, a win a jackpot. And so that's what I'm hoping. You asked what I hope. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today, Nick. You've been such a pleasure. You've given us a lot to think about and a lot of great information. And we do appreciate your time today.
1: I I appreciate you. Great questions. And anytime I would love to have more chats with you.
0: Well, that wraps up this edition of Unboxed Innovation. Thank you, Nick, for joining us and be sure to tune in next time.